oh no, I'm going to have to talk about D&D again for another half hour. <laughs> Motherfuck, that's so inconvenient. Hey, you could have jumped in. I th- Wait, no. Baba should have jumped in with the... <laughs> or is it Eldrin? Who's the who's the cook? Todd. That would be Todd. Todd and Fate are both foodies. Todd's the cook. I'm the foodie. <laughs> I picked everyone except Todd. The entire mercantile guild has seen your tiny peen. So, yeah. Oh, man. What do you mean? Talking about on his intro. Yeah, when you introduce me. Dude, your intros in this piece are whatever the fuck you want to do. Go go hog wild. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that's not afraid to bring back an NPC just because the DM forgot to give him a bad accent the first time around. My name's Turner. I'll be your Dungeon Master and host of pre-, mid-, and post-show announcements, at least until I throw on my jandals and togs and go tramping out to the old batch. Bear with me. I swear to God that pays off somehow with what happens in this episode. Okay, maybe it's a, maybe it's a stretch. Episode 23. The guys try to settle up their contract for lighthouse repairs, find out about a new, slightly different contract, and run into an old associate who fate immediately offends. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. We sincerely appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedules. A special thank you goes out to our patrons, whose investment helps us improve the show and offer more content. Be sure to hang out after the episode to find out exactly what rewards they're getting, besides a feeling of moral superiority, a very well-justified feeling of moral superiority. Quick reminder that Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly podcast due to a mix of profanity, fantasy violence and gore, and crude humor. Any specific content warnings will be in the show notes below. Real quick, before we get into the episode, if you're in an area where COVID is back on the rise, please be careful. Mask up, get vaccinated if you haven't already. It doesn't take much to be a better hero than Todd or than Moyle. Here's your chance. On that note, let's get into it. We are back with the Party of Five. I'm Todd playing. Oh, you go straight with me? I, uh... Every fucking time, dude, really. <laughs> I, I, I was like, there was no something else coming in. That was a short intro. I, I, I thought that intro was going to be a little longer. My bad. I, I didn't think so either. I didn't think he was, <laughs> was like, wait, Don't, don't defend him. <laughs> I'm not. I was, I'm just saying, if, it had been, if I'd have been first, I'd have missed that too. I'm just saying. <laughs> you would have been ready. If we did this in reverse... We did the clap. We did the five seconds for pause. The very next thing is always, I'm throwing to you guys. It's always tough. Yeah, I thought, your, I thought your intro was going to be longer. I guess I was waiting. Yeah, I thought your intro was right. going to be longer. What else, what else do I always say? Like you're going to do the Give Me the Loop podcast. Can we clap again and I'll start Audacity? I- no, 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 that's it. <laughs> Let's go into it. I know, I know what to expect. I know what to expect. I'm good. Let's go. Anything I say before and we're back with the party of five or we're back with the regular cast of characters then we go gets edited it. out. Oh. Yeah, it gets it out because the, the party of five shit is all in the intro that I record the night of the publish. 
And we're back with the party of five. And it's Harlem playing Todd the Tiefling. Uh, t- well, forget it. <laughs> it's Harlem playing Todd the Tiefling, your fav- a.k.a. your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter, a.k.a. Bubba Fett ain't shit, a.k.a. in Todd we trust. Whoa. Next. <laughs> this is uh, Andrew playing Moyle, the dragonborn Frank White. <laughs> This is Jamie playing Eldrin Thaneros, and when you see my hunter's mark, you will quiver with fear. This is Jazz playing Fate, the mage with the mastery of all that matters. And Anthony playing Baba Tunde. Oh, Baba Bland ass Tunde. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boring as shit. How about that? Okay, guys, just a real quick recap where we left off. You guys had hopped in the Winnemajo, headed down to the southern fens in Hiko, landing at the port town of Nashtal. Unable to proceed deeper into the southern fens due to the elevated highway tracks being shut down, you contracted with the Mercantile Guild to head out and repair a faulty lighthouse that was the source of the port closure, which then resulted in the road closures. You guys went to the lighthouse made it through several levels of mind-bending fuckery, which turns out were the results of Bruno Vino's plan to avenge his friend Willem Dafoe, who had gone insane with depression when he'd lost his job as the lighthouse keeper, when the, the lamp had been replaced by a magical mechanical replacement by the Mercantile Guild. As it turns out, that gym also had additional properties and turned Todd into a chicken and fate into a bull. Where we left off, Fate the Bull was drifting lazily across the evening sky, silhouetted by the full moon, before you guys exited and headed back to town. So question number one, are you guys going to camp out in the woods until Todd and Fate turn back into their normal forms, or are Chicken Todd and Beefy Fate going to town as is? Um, Do they... Have to talk like chickens and cows. Unless fate has his telepathy activated. I did. They do have to talk like chickens and cows. But does fate, I forget, is fate the chicken or the cow? Fate is the bull. Todd is the chicken. So when I hear fate through telepathy, does he sound like a bull? Or is he full of bullshit? Full of bull. No, he sounds like a bull, but you can understand him. Because I'm a dragonborn, I'm so smart. We lower, we lowered them down, right? Is that what you said? No. Yeah, we featherfalled him down. Moyle cast featherfall, and then he jumped off the top of the lighthouse and drifted down to to land at the base, listing lazily to the left. Might I add? And then everyone else walked down because I only had one featherfall. Well, featherfall will work on five people. You could have cast it on everybody, but I think Moyle probably wouldn't have caught that and would have made you guys walk down the steps anyway. Absolutely not. I did not catch that. Even though we probably could take a rest. And, I mean, you guys yeah. could drop Todd off. I don't. Chickens can't fly, but I'm pretty sure they've got a slow fall ability. So they're like cats. Let's just take the rest, guys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would the rest? How long do we have to take the rest to to get them back? Or is it something we can solve and get our health points back too? Two days. <laughs> Two days. Two days. Well, it took the contract, right? I mean, I think we just got to go to town with the dog and pony show over here. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you I hope I hope we fight some people and y- y'all die. <laughs> who took the con- who took the contract? Um, that's kind of a a problem. It's right there. We mm-hmm. oh, how are they going to get in the Winnemajo? I can. You can. We we have to walk back to the Winnemajo anyways. It's not that far. 
the storage area in the back of the Win of Majo is big enough to accommodate Fate the uh, Bull. Wait, wait, can't can, can uh, we take a long rest or a long rest and can't Moyle get something, some spell back to help us? Isn't he a dog? Oh, that's right. Moyle is a golden retriever right now. Yeah. That totally slipped my mind. He wasn't a golden retriever until you just mentioned it, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. That's why you guys didn't do the second Featherfall, because Moyle casting Featherfall the first time, which again, still could have affected five falling people, was an ability and he was able to do it. He can't cast any spells as a dog. So no, you guys would need to camp out for two days until everybody turned back to their normal forms or go do a, what is it? Magnificent Journey? What is it called? Where the, the movie with the three? Fantastic, Fantastic Voyage. Voyage with, <laughs> there's the spinoff right now is the Fantastic <laughs> Voyage of Fate, Todd, and Moyle. Wait, Fantastic Voyage or the one where the dog is like Michael J. Fox? Is that? Uh, I Fantastic Voyage is where they shrink you down and inject you into somebody, right? Or what is that? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking Homeward Bound. That's the Michael J. Fox dog movie. That's, That's the one. The one. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Homeward Bound. <laughs> I, I I didn't see that. So I don't I don't think this will look too weird though. Like it's a ranger. It's a it's a ranger and a bunch of animals. I yeah. I think we're good. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think I think this works. <laughs> Who's going to know? Yeah, let's How? just go back to the Winter Major. How would they ever know? They saw you leave with people. What? They saw you leave with people. <laughs> and I sold you for animals. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're selling people now? Is that what you're doing? selling people? That- <laughs> this took a dark turn real fast. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to know why I have animals now and not people with me. Eldrin, when did you grow a Colonel Sanders beard? What the what? <laughs> Todd is getting real nervous. <laughs> just turn around and Eldrin's got a white suit on. Like, what the fuck has just happened? Eldrin got one time to holler out, I do declare. <laughs> boy, boy, I say boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's walk back to the window major. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Only me and Eldrin can talk about this. The rest of them don't get a vote. <laughs> yeah, you guys have no say in this matter. <laughs> Y'all don't get a vote. <laughs> well, you're going to have to pick me up. I'm a full-grown bull. I'm pretty sure I get to go where the hell I want. You're going to have to pick me up because I ain't going. <laughs> no, all right, I, I go to pick Todd up and shove him in a bag because he's being... <laughs> you have to hold him over your head like Link. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You guys get back to the Winamajo. It takes a little bit of work to get Fate to walk up the ramp into the back of it. And you guys start driving back to town. Moyle, give me a constitution savings throw real quick to see if Dog Moyle gets carsick. Uh, seven. Seven. So, yeah, you guys get about halfway back to town and you start hearing the... Oh, no. I'm sorry, Moyle. I don't mean to take your line. Give me some Dog Moyle puking noise. <laughs> Do I rub his nose in it? Moyle, Moyle, give me a wisdom saving throw to see if you eat your your puke back up like a dog one. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. I'm at 10. I'm going to say dealer's choice on your on yours, whether or not you, you scoop it back up. Uh, I sniff it and I lick it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You guys arrive back to the port. You can already see ships starting to roll in. It's just been probably about 12 hours since the lighthouse came back on and you guys were able to get back to town. So already you can see the signs of commerce starting to reactivate. There were ships that were kind of in a holding pattern for the Mercantile Guild further out into the bay. 
that immediately start rolling in. The city hasn't fully come back to life yet. You don't see a ton of foot traffic yet. There's none of the long haul caravan movement or tanker truck movement that you saw the first time you were here, Moyle. But you can already start to see the wheels of the Mercantile Guild starting to turn. It is evening, so you guys would need to find a place to stay uh, until morning, or you can just park the Winnemago by the Mercantile Guild's office in the docks and then sleep in that overnight and head in in the morning to try and cash in your your contract, unless there's something else you want to do tonight. No, I think we stay in the Winnemago. Yeah, it's probably the best bet. You guys take a long rest, wake up in the morning, everybody's spell slots and hit points are restored, fate is still a bull. Todd is still a chicken. Moyle is still a golden retriever. What are you guys doing? I want to know whether or not Todd is crowing to wake everyone up. Uh, Moyle is peeing. Is he a rooster or a hen? Like uh... <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rooster for God's sake. <laughs> a big old rooster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, go, I know where you're going with this. I think I know where you're going with that rooster joke, and I don't like it. <laughs> Roast for roosters. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no gender swap. Even despite the fact that I tried to call fate, fate the cow several times, fate the bull was to indicate that there was in fact not a gender swap because of the polymorph. So yes, Todd is a, a big noisy cock. <laughs> and, and he's also a chicken right now. So it works both ways. Accurate. So are you guys going to bring the animals to the mercantile guild office or how are you guys handling this? It, didn't Moyle take the contract? Like, Yeah, we were like subcontractors, weren't we? You all signed contracts and the, the gnome went out of his way to explicitly tell you, you only all got paid per person who came back. Oh. So if just the two of you come back, only Baba and Eldrin are getting paid for the contract and Moyle... Todd and Fate will forfeit their two fifty. Wait, so so we don't get we don't get their two fifty. Oh, so we don't get their share. No, no, no. He went out of uh, his way to say okay. it's not a cumulative contract. Okay, then, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll just wait. I was going to tell you. I was, I was definitely going to sneak attack one of y'all when y'all came back. If I didn't get my money, <laughs> what do you do? Oh, when you come back, okay. they they weren't gonna get to leave because I was gonna go sit in front of the door. <laughs> do you really want to fight me? Yeah. <laughs> Sneak attack, I will. You got initiative last time; it won't happen again. Fate, you're right now. You're in that back area next to the reactor and the storage section in the bathroom. Right. You're not able to get up into the front portion of the of the Winnemago. Just in that cargo bay. I just want to, for proportions' sake, guys, so you guys understand that the Winnemago is 15 by 30, 15 wide, 30 feet long. So each one of those squares on the Winnemago map is a, is a foot. Okay. Do um do cantrips take away my spell slots? No, cantrips do not use spell slots. Okay, cool. And so I guess the question I have as Fate the Bull, having all of this newfound power and strength within me is how sturdy do the walls of the Winamajo look? Because I will <laughs> f*** this thing up. <laughs> There's no way for you to know unless you start ramming into it, Fate. Well, I'm just letting, I'm staring Baba down menacingly right now. <laughs> that depends on whether or not Baba's in the cargo bay. I ever say somebody's got to drive this thing. Well, I'm huffing it. I'm back there huffing and puffing. <laughs> all, all here is just <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> all right, so you guys are going to hang out yeah. for another day. Is there anything that you guys want to do in the city before your, your friends pop back? 
Uh, no, I don't think I need anything. Yeah, we can wait for them. Another 24 hours pass. You guys hang out in the Winnemago and watch the city start to come back to life. More and more boats run into the harbor, offloading their goods to be loaded onto the trade routes to be distributed both into the Dragonmord holds and the Stilt Dwarf communities of the Southern Fens, but then also as a conduit up to Hiko. At a certain point, you guys can see that trucks are going deeper into the southern fence, so you can tell that the elevated roadways have been opened back up. The camps of sailors and porters that were basically squatting around the docks because no work was happening clear out. You see the hustle and bustle start to pick up again as the city actively comes back to life. And not just the trade aspect of it, but everybody who makes money off of that. So the street vendors reappear. You start to see the shops and the bars open up, the bakeries and the the restaurants and everything sort of comes back to life as this influx of people and commerce start to flood back into the city. So you guys head back over to the Mercantile Guild office. Everybody give me perception checks real quick. Uh, 12. Oh, I see that. 22. I got a 22. I seen that. Mm-hmm. 22. The fuck? Three twenty twos. Good lord! What the hell? That's what I said. Two twenty twos. Well, it's about my money. I'm about to. I can see twenty two twos. Rick Ross. So Baba with the twenty two, Todd with the twenty two, Moy with the twenty two, our Ranger with the twelve, and our Wizard with an eight. I'm going to chalk it up to Eldrin. You're not as used to cities and fate while you've read a lot. You tend to get in your own head, and you're not as conscious of what's going on around you. But Baba, if you're predatory instincts from from being out in the jungle and always having to be constantly aware of what might be coming to attack you. Moyle, your familiarity with the docks, and Todd, your familiarity with kind of the underbelly of various cities. You all notice that the scene is a little out of place as you approach the Mercantile Guild. Even though the streets have cleared out, some as commerce has picked back up and sort of the, the camps of unemployed sailors and dock workers have cleared out, the block around the Mercantile Guild's office is conspicuously vacant. There's no foot traffic. There's no one lounging about. There's nobody sitting on the corner trying to sell smoke. And there's not a single sausage vendor on a cart rolling by, not a single baguette being sold. It is eerily quiet as you guys walk into this portion. There's still the, the background noise of cargo being loaded off ships, the dings of bells pulling in and out of port, and the general bustle. But within this one square block radius, it is conspicuously devoid of activity. I think we should be careful, my friends. So you're saying that there's bustling, but no hustling? There's quite a bit of bustle. Nary a hustle. Nary a hustle is the worst hustle. You guys head into the office and you don't even need to make perceptions rules for this. You guys notice a, a change immediately. So when you were here previously, you know, it's about a, I would say a 30 by 30 kind of square front office of a larger building that has some space to the back of it that you didn't see originally. And that uh, 30 by 30 primary office was split. The front third was like a little waiting area with some flimsy chairs and the number taking thing and the little magical sign that flashed the numbers a counter which separated you then from the gnome working at a desk kind of behind that counter. And there were a couple of empty desks behind him and a couple of filing cabinets. All of that has been cleared out. The gnome is nowhere to be seen. There are five pouches. They, they look like coin purses that are, that are filled with a decent chunk of change. Behind the counter in the center of the room stands a sharp, it was probably the best adjective to describe her, sharp woman. She is sharply dressed for sure, but six foot two, dark black hair pulled back into an extremely tight ponytail, severe angular features. Although she she's human, she doesn't have the 
the telltale ears of an elf or, or anything that would indicate that she wasn't necessarily another species. She, she appears human, but just extremely, extremely professional. Her business suit would almost have edges if you if you had to, to describe it. Just very, very precise. No wasted movement. In fact, she doesn't move at all as you guys kind of shuffle into the entryway. Standing stock still, staring at Baba as he enters, hands folded behind her back. Behind her, flanking the doorway into the back section of the office, are two 10-foot-tall mechanical monstrosities. They would almost look like huge humans in full-plate armor, but there's an additional thickness to the way that they move. And Todd, you recognize these right away as Warforged the sentient, magically robotic beings that you've aren't common really anywhere, but tend to collect more in Amsoon due to its military nature. Fate, you've seen a Warforged or two floating around some of the campuses in Normir. And Bobby, you probably would have spotted one or two as you went through Shaitan and Sama. But Eldrin, this would be your first time seeing him. And Moyle, probably your first time as well. She waits for you all to, to kind of filter into the lobby and then finally speaks up. She goes, gentlemen, it is certainly good to see you again. I was a little bit worried that you might not make it back, but I'm glad we can finally resolve this contract and deal with one other piece of business very quickly and move on. On the counter, you'll find your payment for fixing the lighthouse. 250 gold apiece, I believe, was the deal, correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. Sounds about Excellent. Excellent. So I went ahead and revised the contract that the previous representative for the guild had put in place so that you're receiving the full T50 gold. There's no penalties for the damage to our equipment that you did earlier. There's no deduction for contractor's fees, insurance, processing, taxes, HR benefits, future investment accounts, guild stationery, guild ink, and guild surcharges that we would normally deduct from a standard contract. You guys really should read the fine, fine, fine print before you sign anything. And yes, I remember you guys did all do rolls on these contracts, but none of you did high enough to beat a mercantile guild contract the last time we were about. Damn. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> There's one other item of business that I need to take care of with, is it Mr. Tunde? Prince Tunde? What's, what Ooh. is the honorific that you prefer, sir? Baba Tunde is fine. Baba Tunde is fine. Well, excellent. See, you present a little bit of an issue for the guild. There were some changes over the last couple of years within some of the, the established territorial boundaries between the mercantile guild and the tribes that take up the Verdant. We came to an understanding with a number of members of the Tabaxi that live in that region. A few clans held out. Eventually, they saw reason over time, but there was still one that no matter what, just would not agree to accept us as business partners, so to speak. But unfortunately, before we could negotiate a really truly practical understanding between us and this tribe, disaster struck. A plague swept through their entire population, wiping them out. Now, some would see this as opportunistic for us because it did remove the final barrier to our expansion into the region. But, you know, we do see it as a tragedy. But we moved forward. We were able to make arrangements with the other tribes and were very happy, I should say, with the leader that they, they chose to put in place. But then you popped back up on our radar. 
you show up on our viewing crystals somehow two years after falling off the planet, despite us investing thousands into scrying to making sure that there would be zero legal challenge to our acquisitions in the region. And then at the last minute, out of nowhere, the sole survivor of the one tribe that would potentially have legal standing to push back against us pops up out of nowhere. Not only pops up out of nowhere, is now on record as having a contract with the guild. Now, in the old days, we would just have you killed. We would have just wiped the tabaxi off the map. But compromises have been made. We, uh, we decided that entering into the Treaty of Nations provided more opportunities than it took away. So we have to do things a little bit differently now. So rather than killing you on the spot, we are going to provide you with transport at your leisure back to the Verdant to challenge the existing chief for dominance in the area as if you had completed your sabbatical. Now, I know you might say your whole year hasn't been up, but we've already made arrangements with the remaining tribal elders to make an exception in this case. She slides a card forward onto the countertop. All you'll have to do is take this to any mercantile guild port, present it to any mercantile guild sponsored captain, and they will ferry you. And if you're, I'm assuming these are your underlings or servants, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. We'll ferry them to Shaitan, in which case we will process you through corporate and get you, get you on your way. He takes the card and if I were to win and not want you in the region, what would you do? That's adorable. It's good to have goals, Baba. That's important. But you need to remember that your goals need to be smart goals. They need to be specific. They need to be measurable. They need to be achievable. They need to be realistic and timely. And quite frankly, you winning is neither achievable or realistic. But we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Mm. So all of this effort is just to let me die. No. All of this effort is to give us legal standing to take over your lands. Whether or not you die is inconsequential. If you'd like to surrender your claim to any authority in the region right now, I can have the contract and she snaps her fingers and a scroll appears in her hand drawn up proactively. No, I will see this so-called chief. I'm sure you will. Is there anything else I can do for your gentleman before I get back to flaying the idiot gnome who let you get into this situation in the first place? I need nothing from you. I walk out to the Winnebago. Do you walk out with your bag of gold or do or do I? Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that would have been my oh, bag. You try to take it. I did the work. What? I did the work. I was trying to get him to make sure he didn't mm, forget it. Okay. I was definitely looking out for him. I I have all the questions right now. I'm getting my money and following Bob. I got to ask. I got to start asking questions. That was a lot uh, to take in. <laughs> wait, wait, they gave us this thing to go see him. What if we don't go? Baba, what if you don't go? What, what's, what's the worst that could happen? I must go. I've always planned to go. Uh, oh. Moyo. I left with the intention of coming back. Ba- Baba? Um, are, are you a prince? I am the head of my tribe. And I am the, the next of line in my tribe. And I was on a, a pilgrimage to go out and, and to come back and challenge for the right to be chief. Okay. I was supposed to come back in one year's time. Oh. But the universe had other plans. I didn't get everything she said, but I think everyone's dead. Yes, I... Did you get that part? I had come to the conclusion that at least some members of my tribe had died. My, my rage ability is... Uh, it, it summons my ancestors to fight alongside me, but only if they are already deceased. So when my sister appeared, I knew that something was wrong. 
that that something had caused at least some members of my tribe to be ill-fated. Kind of sucks. Yes. Shit. Kind of sucks. <laughs> so you're the last of your tribe. How how does someone take news like that and remain standing? Are you are you okay? I'm about as okay as I'm going to be. I must find this chief. While you guys are standing there talking, one of the giant Warforged steps out the front door, steps to the side of the corner and leans against the wall and pulls out a giant cigarette and starts smoking and looks over you guys and kind of gives you a little bit of nod. Look, guys, we're just contract workers for the guild, but uh, I think you're smart enough to know that nothing is ever face value with them. You need to be careful. She didn't even tell you about the hit they've taken out on you. Oh. And she, he's actually pointing at Moyle when he says this. Not you, Baba. He points at Moyle. Did we get the lady's name? Did you ask the lady's name? Oh, um, did you say it? But I don't think you did. No, I didn't. I approached the, the Samus looking woman, except uh, not blonde hair, of course. The, you're going back inside? I never left. They left. You never left. Okay. You're still standing in the building. Okay. I grabbed my gold and I walked out. Yeah, I walked out. I grabbed my gold and when I... I talk to her, I say, uh, Moyle Mossberg, and you are? Not interested in knowing you at all. Have a nice day, sir. I, I roll charm. I roll charm. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to cast charm person? Yeah, and then get the contract. Uh, I could get the contract uh, changed okay. up. Listen, wait, wait, wait. Is there any magic? Is, can anyone have any wards of magic? Like if they protect themselves from being charmed? Is that a thing? You can be immune to charm. You can counterspell. From Moyle's charm or or from anyone else's charm? Is that a thing? Are you trying to persuade her or are you casting the charm person spell? Is Todd still a cock? Because he's kind of blocking me right now. Yo, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I, I'm asking the DM as, as an unexperienced person. Could there be? Yes. Oh, there are, there are absolutely both creatures, species, classes that are immune or resistant to the charm effect. And then there are magical items that will also provide additional protection against charm. So I'm going to then, before Moyle, because I can see charm in his eyes. I see, I've been with him. <laughs> Dude, you grabbed your bag of gold and walked out. I am sorry. But the door, the door's open. I see it in his face. <laughs> you guys left Moyle Mossberg alone. <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> Within a, a violently professional wo woman <laughs> and a 10 more. foot tall, magical armored <laughs> fucking Terminator. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh no. I did say I was in the Winnebago, right? <laughs> Winnebago. Winnebago. No, you guys are out front. You guys stepped outside and started having this conversation. One of the big tank dudes walked out there and started smoking a cigar and, and was nice to you. And that's when Moyle's plan unfurled. None of y'all have a fucking clue. So, Moyle, are you trying to persuade her or what are you doing? Let me see what I have available. Are you casting what? a spell? Because if you're casting the oh, spell, boy. we'll go through it. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to persuade her. Okay. Her. There's a persuasion skill. You just got to role play it through. Mm. Could I use charisma or persuasion, which is... Persuasion is based off of charisma, so... I have a, I have a negative one in charisma. Just so you guys know. <laughs> it checks out. A lot of you guys picked charisma as your dump stat, I hate to say. Yep. Not I. I did that on purpose, though. I think everyone else was like, well, I don't I don't need this. These other stats are better. I was like, well, there's a lot of comedic value in this one. In previous editions, that really was true, but they've made charisma more valuable. What are you rolling for? Persuasion. So give me what you're saying to her to persuade her. Persuasion's okay. Uh, hey, uh, I just uh, came into some new money and uh, I thought I'd... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, we're already at the bar here. I thought I'd get a pretty young lady like yourself uh, a drink. How about uh, you and me uh, mosey over to the uh, the bar and have a nice conversation? One, Mr. Mossberg, you should know that we have video surveillance on all of our duckies locations, <laughs> including the rear of the building. So even if I was strangely inclined to go grab a drink with you. Are you asking to go behind the duckies? I know exactly what you bring to the party, and it's not quite enough to get me interested. Well, Baggy would disagree with that. Number two, this interaction is completely inappropriate for a workplace setting. I don't know what impression I gave you that I was even remotely interested to you in anything less than a professional fashion. And speaking of professional fashion... You should absolutely be grateful for the fact that Baba coming back and losing this fight is of real interest to us because he's not the only one who popped back up on our radar. The Mercantile Guild settles its debts, Mr. Moyle, and the interest you owe us is significant. I would suggest you move and keep moving. So is that a yes? You're not sure what's powering up on the Warforged behind her, but something is powering up on the Warforged behind her. You don't know what signal she gave it, but you hear like a low-pitched whine and a slight hiss as if a flamethrower were about to engage. Uh, I take out my cigar because I assume the Warforged is going to light it for me. The Warforged levels his left arm at you. You see a nozzle pop up and a little primer flame pop. Clearly a weapon is pointed at you now. She goes... Good day, Mr. Mossberg. Enjoy those that you have left. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. She's, that remains to be seen. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Oh, you're, oh she's, she's still here. You, you're, you're leaving? Oh, I thought she disappeared in a puff of smoke. <laughs> Where did you get that from? <laughs> well, it's just, she sounded so confident. It sounded like, you know, Vampira. You walked into her office. She was waiting for you. She's no fucking joke. Dude, she is no oh, fucking... I thought we were at a bar. No, you guys... There's a countertop, like a service counter that separated the desks from the little office area. That's where that kind of like counter bar oh. thing that you're probably thinking of. But again, Moyle thinks any building is a bar, so... I'm also looking at the win of Majo in World 20, so I'm like, oh, I'll just uh, pretend it's a bar. Are you stepping outside, Moyle? I guess I have to. Okay, so as you step outside, that we're gonna we're gonna do some timey wimey shit and say that while you were having this conversation, the boys outside were having their conversation. So you step outside right as the Warforged goes. I mean, she didn't even tell you about the hit that they took on Mossberg. Mm, wait, what? Um, uh, oh, what? Uh, what was that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Come again? They put a hit on who? Well, that certainly doesn't sound good from oil. I really wonder how that's going to turn out. Anyway, announcements this episode. Hardland continues to pop up as a guest on the pop-up film cast. And over at Three Angry Gamers, Jamie is serving up all the video game news you could ever need. Be sure to check him out over there. As always, we're going to throw the links to all this stuff in the show notes. We've been streaming over on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. This Wednesday, 728 at 8 p.m. Central, we're doing a DM splaining on melee classes to go over the very basics of people who stab things for a living and to see if Harlan can finally explain sneak attack without any help. We'll be opening that episode with a special tribute to one of the players, so be sure to tune in. 
We are changing up our streaming schedule and content offering a little bit in August. We're going to start streaming on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central. DM Splaining Live will live on, but we're adding roleplay versus roleplay. It's a homonym. Huh? All about the nims on this show. The secrets of, the retro nims, the homonyms, fucking nims all over the place. Uh, anyway, Roleplay versus Roleplay is a character creation show where different characters of the same class or subclass are created by different party members with different play styles in mind. We're going to be doing Guest Quest, a show where we interview creators. There's also going to be a character conversion show where we create a new character based off of a theme or pop culture reference and even create alternate parties of five based off of other parties of five in pop culture. It's a whole circular thing. We're getting there. We're still workshopping a name on that one. Possibly parties of five, because that's the level of creativity we bring to the fucking yard. So be sure to follow us on social media at GMDLcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get notifications of when we're going live and reminders about that content. And while you're out there clicking on things, head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment to rate, review, and subscribe. I know every podcast asks, but it really does help our show's visibility. 40% of new listeners to a podcast find it through those show feeds and those stars and reviews and subscribe buttons really do help get us in front of more people. And hey, a third of you out there are Apple podcast listeners. Just think of how superior you get to feel over the Spotify gang because you get the privilege of leaving a review and they don't. So you get to make up like a clever title and then you can talk a little shit about Todd or talk a little shit about fate or compliment me on my DMing and quality voice acting or talk about how unsupportive Eldrin is or, you know, compliment Baba for not having killed these guys other than in non-canonical media. Sure, the Spotify Kids app is sexier, but do they get to type words? <laughs> okay, everybody calm down. That'll do it. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, Moyle ripped off a duckies, and they take that very fucking seriously. Oh, God. Fucking duckies. They still on that? That was so long ago. <laughs> the statute of limitations has not, has not passed on that? No. Am I privy to what's going on? Yeah, you're, you're standing out now with the conversation. He's like, no, and they, they compound the interest. They've hired a group of assassins called the Skane mm. to come after Moyle and take him out. As me being a bounty hunter, do I know of the Skanes? You've heard of them. They are a almost a cult-like sect of monks that engage in... Badassery. Badassery, generally yeah. killing people for hire. The group number fluctuates. You believe there's currently four of them? Oh, yeah. The lower the number, the higher the badassery point. Yep. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Uh, more like, I wouldn't mess with those guys. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty elite. I don't think he has a choice. What about the paladins? Whatever happened to them? Uh, have, are you asking the, the Warforged guy? Yeah. Goes, oh, well, I mean, technically you're not wanted by the Church of Tritherion. That, so that actually, Petty Theft does have a statue of limitations. So I don't think you've got a warrant out for your arrest anymore. But um, Mercantile Guild doesn't care about that shit. They, they stay as visibly uh, legal as possible. Look, I, I got to go. I 
guy. So they're spending like thousands of gold on going after me when I. Man, I, you don't you don't fuck with the mercantile guild's assets, buddy. This sounds like a poor business decision, really. I mean, they see it as potential revenue that you stole from them and then they've accrued interest. And then once that interest hits a tipping point, then it's a decent return on investment to have you rubbed out. Plus, it set a good example. You gotta understand, the save points are branded as being a safe place, as there not being any crime and not being any trouble. It's not just the value of what you took. If word gets out that you can rob one of those places or there's crime at those, that hurts the brand. And buddy, you don't mess with fucking Ducky's brand. This is why you keep the charm spell to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucks that our whole, you know, saving that waypoint at the time doesn't really factor into the uh, to the whole situation. But that's fine. That's fine. He grinds out his cigar. He's like, all right, guys, I, I got to go in. I don't want to be seen as fraternizing with the potential corporate, not competition. I don't think they see you as competition, but inconveniences. I think they see you as inconveniences. So appreciate the infos. Thought he was trying not to call those corpses. <laughs> I also realized just now that this was my real opportunity to do my <laughs> robot voice, and I should have been doing my robot voice the entire time, but didn't. <laughs> so maybe next time. But he's like ten feet tall. He shouldn't have a robot voice. Yeah, he's a bigger robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are good to go. You can load up in the Winnemago, head over to the main thoroughfare. So we need to, at this point, kind of zero in a little bit on exactly what the tracker in the Winnemago does, because it's not like Google Maps. You're not getting step-by-step-by-step instructions. It's a globe that has shining points on it. Ognum's experiments have created a finding spell, which slowly hones in on the stabilizing elements for your pentahedron shards. So as you get closer, the features of the globe kind of do zoom in a little bit and it gives you a better idea of which direction you need to head. Like it told you to go south. And as you've got further south, it started pointing to the southeast. And that's kind of what steered you down the Serpent's the serpent's Path River, eventually into the southern fences. As the directions or the details on the globe went from macro to more micro over time. Now it shows you in Nashtow and shows points further east, deeper into the heart of the southern fens, but it doesn't necessarily give you like take Highway 6. And there are four main thoroughfares which radiate out into the fens from Nashtal, so you guys might need to get directions to really kind of have a feel for which one you needed to get on. And in order to get in order to get to Sama, like we're going to have to take a boat, right? Yeah, That's you guys are going to have to take a boat. So yeah. we won't have the guidance of the Winnemajo. That's absolutely something you could take up with Ogden when you got back, Baba. There's not a ferry we could take the Winnemajo onto? Yeah, there's boats big enough to take the Winnemajo on board. Okay. It's just, you guys have got basically a marker of passage from the Mercantile Guild to buy passage for you and whatever you want on any boat to Shaitan, the home of the Mercantile Guild. And that's where we're headed? No. No, you guys are headed deeper into the southern fens to look for your crystal, Moyle. Yeah, we need to go down. Baba's going to go into the rooms, put the pass and stuff in, in the chests and kind of be by himself for a minute while they go figure it out. 
What are you guys doing as far as direction? So the way the city is laid out, there's the port section with the docks. Then there was the main touristy area that you guys first drove into where you clicked into Bruno Vino's bar. And then as you head further east, it turns into warehouses and fuel depots kind of these giant buildings with these towering silos. And there's two different types of trucks that you guys really see going through. There's the long haul caravan vehicles that you guys have seen before, which are these long rectangular magically driven carriages that you're used to carry trade goods. But then there are some that look like three globes bolted together that you you know to be tanker trucks that carry the both the raw oil as well as the ref- refined fuels that come out of this area from the dwarf platforms and refinery. You see more of the long haul caravan trucks heading in and more of the tanker trucks heading out. Fate has one thing that's been on his mind this entire time since he floated down from the top of the lighthouse. So what he wants to know is as the winter major prepares to leave this place, will we or won't we be passing by the lighthouse again? You will not. Where Nashtow is positioned on the bay is the northernmost point mm-hmm. and most of the southern fins is off to the east of right. it. So when you guys headed down, you guys kind of skirted the west side of Hiko because the southern fins is a portion of Hiko. Hiko is controlled by the Church of Tritherion and is anti-non-human. They're racist. Most of Hiko is pretty racist. It's run by the Church of Tritherion. It's an oligarchy. You guys don't have the best relationship with the Church of Tritherion. You haven't tested that, but you haven't really had to push it yet either. So, so using the directions provided by the Wayfinder, you kind of skirted to the west of it. So that's how you hit Nashtow, which is kind of the northern point of the bay. And then the roads to the east kind of fan out because the southern fence itself is kind of a bigger peninsula and it extends a little bit further north from where you're currently at. But this was just the most convenient place for you guys to get to roadways wise. That's why there's like those four main thoroughfares that radiate out. So fate's going to approach Todd. Uh, Todd? Todd, I've got a, uh, I've got a proposition for you, or at least a, a favor to ask of you. What's up? Uh, would you mind, and possibly Eldrin also, um, uh, would you mind accompanying me back to the lighthouse? Uh, sure. What are we doing? Why, why do we need to go back there? Do, do, do either of you recall, there was a kitchen that we entered while we were, when we were first in the lighthouse, and there were some tools and supplies that I saw there that I really would like to try and go back and acquire if at all possible. You trying to do some cooking? Yes. Well, isn't that, isn't that going in the opposite direction of where we need to go? Eh, it's, a, it's a small detour. Think of it as a, a quick respite from our from our travels. I don't want a respite. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm fine with like you, you owe me one. That's all. Yeah, you know, whatever. We can go pick it up and come back. I'm sure it won't take that long. I mean, we're talking like what a day's not even a day's travel for us to like walk over. Like we walked there from the last place, right? It's out from right. town on a little kind of a raised rocky promontory point. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you guys will lose a couple hours driving, you know, getting everything situated in the Winnemejo, getting the Winnemejo out there, then hiking up to the point again. Yeah, that's, come on, man. Quick, in and out, quick 20-minute adventure. Let's go. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you guys drive out to the lighthouse, get the kitchen utensils Faye is looking for, and drive back to town. He is pleased, giddy, smiling, ear to pointy ear. Ironically, when you go to put them away in the Winnemejo and you open up the drawer, matching set, already in there. <laughs> you would have thought you would have checked before you drove off, but I mean, look, it's always better to have more. Hey. You know, now we, now we have more utensils for more cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks, 
Doesn't Moyle have a familiarity with the area when he know kind of where to go next? Moyle knows where Gundren lives. Moyle knows where the ancestral mesa of the Copper Dragonborn is. But Moyle, you tell me, how much time have you spent in the, the Southern Fens since you left Gundren's care? None. And it, it's changed quite a bit. So the development that the Mercantile Guild has done in the area has been pretty aggressive. Like when Moyle, when you left, there were only two of these raised highways. They've added two more since then. And what I mean by raised highways, so the entire peninsula of the Southern Fens is below sea level. It is a massive swamp, a la singular biome Star Wars planet area with these mesas that kind of jut up out of it that are occupied by the various metallic and chromatic clans of Dragonborn. To facilitate the transit of the fuel from the drilling platforms that are manned by the stilt dwarves, the Mercantile Guild has built these raised stone highways that are a good 30 to 80 feet elevated above the swamp, depending upon the area, that allow for rapid trade between the holds and then to support the transition of fuel from the drilling rigs. Which one of those highways would be the best one to take to get where you're going? Moya wouldn't necessarily know. I was going to say the tanker guys probably would know. Listen. We're men. Listen. Are we really going to ask for directions? You guys can head over to the east side of town. And again, it transitions very quickly from docks to more residential commerce, touristy area. As you kind of pass through that region, the buildings change from the drab grays and, and concrete buildings of the warehouse region to something that is much more colorful. There are rows of multicolored shops and apartments with balconies that face the street that have greenery pouring down from it. Courtesans of the male and female variety hang over the edge of balconies and wave to passersby and try and entice them inward. You pass a number of saloons that have some raucous music piping out of it. It has a very, very lively feel to it now that the trade is resumed. And then as you kind of get through that section, you get to the trucking hub. The architecture transitions from that mix of southern wooden brick, ivy-covered homes and, and storefronts to not warehouses, but fuel depots. So there's large tanker buildings. They're like bigger parking lots where the long-haul caravan guys can pull in and sleep for the night. The bars tend to be a little bit more functional. They don't look as flashy. I mean, you guys could, could kind of pop into one of those and ask around. It's been too long since I've had a drink anyway, so uh, we can go to the bar. You guys head over to the, the east side of town and are able to get situated in a, not a rough, it's not like a dive bar, but it is a little bit more of a, more of kind of a working class establishment. You walk in, there's a, a bar, they're serving ale, there's no wine, there's no cheese. There's a much more varied race of individuals in there. You, you have your requisite grouping of stilt dwarves kind of running the place, but then you have a wide variety of species and cultures represented in the truckers. Most of the outgoing guys tend to be stilt dwarves who are running fuel for the mercantile guild, but the guys that are running goods into it, there's some humans, there's some orcs, no elves. Elves don't get into trucking. You even see a couple of gnomes huddled together in the corner, chatting it up. And then you actually hear a familiar voice pipe up from the corners. Well, you look at that gentleman. I didn't think I'd be saying you lot again. And over in the corner is none other than Zadzum, the trucker that you guys met a couple years ago at the waypoint, who was the guy who gave you some items that fell off the back of his truck. What are you lot doing down here? Also, I remembered that Zadzum was supposed to have a little bit of a uh, New Zealand Australian accent <laughs> uh, that I didn't include when he first appeared. 
<laughs> so uh, that's that's on the record then. Because Adzum, strangely enough, first backwards named NPC. So there's that. Don't yeah. So fellas, fellas, come on over. Let me let me get you a beer. It'll it'll be great. Come on in. Oh, have a seat. Foster's. What are you guys What are you guys doing down here? Right. Yeah, we're just gonna throw a shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I can't. That that's gonna have to be left turder. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I usually cut that. I couldn't help it. It was impulsive. No, no, no. That'll be in- that'll be included. We want the world to know you're a bit of a prick, there, Mister Moyer. <laughs> all right. You know what? He should he should react because I'm a dragon war, which is like a crocodile. Just throwing out, just throwing some, throwing it out there. No, dragonborns <laughs> are like a dragon. Lizard men are like a crocodile. Lizard folk, I should say. Don't. There's no need for me to be to be rude about oh, it. Lizard men. I don't know about that. Gentlemen, uh, what gentlemen? Uh, what can I do for you? Um. So, well, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, Zadzum. Yes. Ah, yeah, that's right. That's right, Mister Fight. How is the uh, the uh, the old masker working out for you? Huh? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's still on my face. Uh, my face has uh, been rather well maintained since the uh, the mask. So thank you for that. I glance over at Baba real quick. <laughs> oh, good. It, it always looked like that. Then I'm kind of I I thought maybe something had happened there. But uh, that's always that's your what you always looked like that. All right. Um. Oh. Okay. Um. Fate's hurt. <laughs> a stilt dwarf arrives, rigged up, and drops off a round of Southern Fenian ale for you guys. It's really skunky. It's really skunky. Like any dwarven ale, real skunky. Oh, my home brew. <laughs> um, Mr. Sadsum, uh, what might you be doing here yourself? Are you uh, carrying more cargo this way? Uh, well, yeah, I've got uh, I got a load of trade goods. I'm running down into the holds. You know, it's this is part of my normal run now. It's just gotten to be so uh, such a uh, profitable venture. It's hard for me not to not to run this route. Although I'll be honest with you, it's gotten real dangerous lately. Oh. there's uh, been a lot of uh, uh, bandits attacking people. Uh, uh, attacking people or attacking the the caravans and or your vehicles. Ooh. Mr. Fate, truckers are people too. I mean, I know we aren't fancy like you people with your educations, <laughs> right. but uh, you know, it, it's a it's a honorable trade. I don't I don't see why you would say. What do you mean the people? Uh, I I that's rude. You're rude. You're rude, sir. Nice bird, Zudson, and I well, uh, I have five of them. He high fives you. <laughs> that's why I like this one. The dragonborn. They've got manners. Yeah. And he turns to you, Moyle, and he goes, "What can I do for you?" Oh, uh, give me uh, some of that ale. That looks great. I would. Uh, we'll get you another round. I miss my home brew. He look. He looks at the table. He goes, "Miss another four, please." And he looks at you, fate four. Wow. That's right. You don't get wow. one. That's how I feel about you, <laughs> people. <laughs> Mister Zatzum, I meant. I meant no offense. I, I just meant to ask if. People wandering the roads or the, the, the uh... people people don't wander the highways. Generally, you have to get special dispensation to drive a vehicle on it. Uh, it's mostly the big trucks back and forth. Uh, okay, well then, please forgive my ignorance of that fact. So you know, honestly, not a whole lot of people go deeper into the fens. Like it's there's there's the Dragonborn holds, and they all tend to stay there pretty well. You know, they don't travel out a whole lot. They don't vacation. You know, they've got uh, those those giant mesas. They got everything they need in there, generally. It's a pretty uh, pretty insular community. It's kind of surprising. So... I, I am trying to do as much Murray from Flight of the Concords as I can. 
Because that's do, really what I'm going for. I hear that's it. My only, that's my only point of reference. That's all I can hear. It's pretty good. It's yeah, very good, can, Mary. It's very good, Mary. So this is what happens when you name a character Mad Max backwards. Then you have to cash in on it later in the fucking podcast. Werewolves, not swearwolves. I was really trying to piece that together. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, are you? Why are you going? Uh, are you going into the fens? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, gonna go see Gundren. It's uh, been a while. So you're going to the lower third then? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's Highway Two. Yeah, that uh, that's kind of one of the rough ones, fellas. You best be prepared. Great. Oh, what's uh, what's on that? That that's some prepared for what? Bandits? Did you not hear me say bandits? Exactly. Can can you give us some clues on how they attack? What to look for? Are they putting traps out in the middle of the road, or how they attacking? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. All, all of the above. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. Are they big bandits or little bandits? Yes. Okay. Zazam, might might you have um any type of uh goods that you might be able to sell to us <laughs> uh prior to reaching your destination? No. 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 Hmm. Might you be able to tell us someone who does in the area? <laughs> no. 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 Oh, I thought you were to just say, well, because you're fate and you've been mean to me. That is absolutely what he's doing. Because I was just going to repeat what fate said and then. <laughs> you should absolutely do that. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I thought. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Boyle? No, that's exactly what was going on. Uh, uh, can you tell us a little more about the bandits? Uh, yes. Uh, good. <laughs> Love to hear it. Fate just gets sad while he goes and sits in a corner and orders a wine. See, I knew he was a wine drinker. <laughs> yeah, because he's a wine talker. He's a whiner. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. I just heard coffee. Mr. Moyle, you know there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of different types of people who live in the fence, but the the ones that have been the worst lately, the the lizard folk, they're all riled up. It's because they have their lizard brains. Yes. They, do they? Are they the lizard folk from the Hollow Earth? The, <laughs> the Hollow fans, I mean. You know. No. No. Okay. Different lizard folk. Uh, at this point in time, Todd takes he downs his two drinks and he hips back into the Winnebago. Winnebago. The Winnebago, because he knows where we're going. He we're going to the lower third. Oh. I guess he, I guess he's leaving then. I I'm, goodbye, sir. Goodbye, Mister Todd. Didn't even say goodbye. But I, I will. Well, as I leave, I flip him a gold coin for the conversation. He clinks on the table and he goes, Mister Mister Moyle, your your friends they they don't have very much manners. He's he, he's tipping me like I'm a prostitute. I wish I could speak for them, but uh, you know we're kind of stuck together. There's nothing I can do. Do you want to play a game of snooker? Yes. Snooker. <laughs> Moyle and Zadzum while the evening away playing a delightful round of snooker or two. You guys camp out in the Winnemajo, take another long rest, and then are prepared to head off into the fens the next day. Rise up, lights. Rise up, lights. Rise up, lights. Oh, hey there. Sorry about that. Was just practicing my Rosetta Stone New Zealand because I was really researching emigrating there for a bit. Um, but hey, it is time to thank our Patreon supporters and show off what they get for being genius, billionaire, playboy philanthropists. So thank you to Bill, Brian, Dreken. Moyle raises a mug in your honor. Thanks to Jogan, Hogan, Yogan. Look, the Eldern gets you all three pronunciations. What do you want me to do? And a special shout out to Lee, whose generosity could not be matched until Matt decided, yes, 
Yes, it could be matched, and I, for one, cannot wait for their inevitable fight for the alpha patron position. So, what does this fine group, and I do mean fine, group of individuals get for their support? Access to special video content like the Tournament of Champions, a PvP tournament where the party of five fought for bragging rights, and the upcoming Challenge of the Challenge ratings, a PvE survival slog where we see who can last the longest against an onslaught of increasingly deadly creatures. They also get extra world lore, episode outtakes, the MVP after show, swag, the opportunity to name NPCs or suggest magical items. There's going to be a special benefit coming that has specifically to do with Moyle Mossberg that you'll find out more about after the end of his arc. So a lot of cool stuff, including a chance to play with some of the members of the Party of Five in a special session. And you know how much we love a good special session here in Texas. Nothing but good stuff ever happens during special sessions, right? Anyway, head over to patreon.com forward slash gmdlcast for more details. But hey, things have been weird. We understand if you can't support financially right now. But you can still help the Party of Five. Tell somebody about the show. Word of mouth is a huge part for the growth of a new podcast. Nearly one in five listeners start a new podcast based off of the recommendation of a friend, relative, or coworker. One in five listeners. Just imagine, if you, if you don't say something, that person might not find the show. That would be like us losing one of the Party of Five. Just imagine a Party of Five without, without fate. Just imagine a Party of Five without Moyle. Just imagine a party of five without Moyle. Imagine it. Sorry, I, I got lost there for a second. Anyway, spread the word. We sincerely appreciate you getting the word out. That's going to do it for this one, folks. Thanks again so much for your time, your support, your appreciation. And as always, hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>